Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to The Ace, Alex Cardinal Entertainment Network, with your host, the crazy Alex Cardinal from Springfield, Massachusetts. You can expect the unexpected on The Ace Network. Now, on to today's show. You are listening to Aquatic Wetline Live from Ace Network. The Aquatic Wetline is the first and original aquarium-keeping podcast that specifically focuses on freshwater fish, and it will continue to focus on freshwater fish. The Aquatic Wetline will discuss everything freshwater from Oscar cichlids and other South and Central America cichlids to catfish, tetras, barbs, and more. Plus, we will also chat saltwater and reptiles. You can expect nothing but the best on Aquatic Wetline. Now let's dive deep into the fish tank and see what our fishy friends have to say tonight. Now, from Ace Network Studios, here is your host, the monster fish lover himself, Oscar Alex Cardinelli. The Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by Akari Sales USA, School of Fish, Inc., Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish, and Blue View Aquatics. Don't forget to head to your local fish store or pet shop to pick up some Hikari products, such as our famous Hikari Bio-Pure Frozen Food, which include delicious treats such as bloodworms, mysa shrimp, brine shrimp, and more. If you live in Western Massachusetts, be sure to stop by School of Fish, Inc. and Fish Frenzy Tropical Fish for the finest quality in freshwater and saltwater livestock, fish tanks, and more. Now, let's get on with the podcast. Remember, you can download today's podcast via iTunes or by simply going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaalex. Now, Aqua Alex, take it away. And welcome to the Aquatic Wetline on Ace Network. That's right, Fish Keepers. The Aquatic Wetline officially debuts on the Aquatic Wetline tonight. Or, excuse me, <laughs> tongue twister. The Aquatic Wetline officially debuts on Ace Network tonight. Now, I love doing podcasts, I love doing talk shows, and I love doing cooking shows here on the Ace Network. But I am a fish keeper, and I've got a great fish keeping show called the Aquatic Wetline, and I'm very happy to introduce it to the Ace Network. So today we are doing our first episode of Aquatic Wetline on the Ace Network, and this happens to be our 151st episode of the Aquatic Wetline, by the way. All right, so tonight I am introducing my favorite series to the Ace Network of the Aquatic Wetline, and this series is Life 
in the Amazon. Now, the life in the Amazon is one of the popular theories of the aquatic wetline, and I'm very, very happy to um, have it here on ACE Network. Now, over the last few lives in the Amazon, I've done pakus, piranhas, silver dollars, anacondas, reptiles of the Amazon, and recently I did the Amazon River dolphins. But today we are returning to the Amazon fish or fish that live in the Amazon. So tonight I want to discuss the cichlids that live in the Amazon. Believe it or not, at least 75% of the cichlids that are in the tropical fishkeeping hobby come from the Amazon, and we're going to discuss that tonight on the Aquatic Wetline as we focus on the cichlids that live in the Amazon. So I want to thank you all for tuning into the show, whether you're listening live or you're listening to the archive version of today's show. You're in for a special treat because I'm a big fan of cichlids, and I love the Amazon, and I love Amazonian cichlids. So this is going to be great. And by the way, I'm your host, Aqua Alex Cardinelli. So we've got a lot going on tonight on the aquatic wetline. So our agenda for today's show is I'm going to have a discussion on cichlids that live in the Amazon River, and then I'm going to chat about some of the species that are currently in the fishkeeping hobby today. So, fish keepers, if you want to call in and ask questions about cichlids that live in the Amazon or tell us your favorite cichlid from South America, you can go ahead and call in live at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. That's one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two to have to ask any questions on cichlids that come from the Amazon or discuss your favorite cichlids from South America. That again is one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. All right. Well, since we've got a lot to discuss tonight, I'm going to go ahead and get started. Now, I'll talk about first why I like South American cichlids. I like South American cichlids because they offer a lot of color, and they also offer a lot of different species. With South American cichlids, you get your peaceful cichlids like discus, angelfish, festivums, uh, rams, aspidos, and geophagus. You get cichlids that are normally classified as aggressive, but they're actually very peaceful and they can live in a community aquarium. Not too many cichlids from Central American or Central America or Africa can be classified as a community cichlid. And that's what I really like about South American cichlids. There's a lot of species out there that are classified as being community uh capable they can live with tetras and things like that so i really enjoy that about south american cichlids i also enjoy the monster south american cichlids out there like the oscars like the amphilophus red devils um i do know that there are some amphilophus in central america as well wait a minute what are we talking about amphilophus are from central america so let me rephrase that i like the oscars I like the uh, walrus, I like the geophagus, I like the severums, 
And they basically like all the uh, South American cichlids. A lot of these South American cichlids have unique personalities and bright coloration. They have similar coloration to African cichlids, if not better. So me, I'm always going to be a South American cichlid person because I like South American cichlids. And I think South American cichlids are the best cichlids in the aquarium hobby. I personally feel that African cichlids are kind of overrated in this hobby. I know a lot of people are into African cichlids, and that's fine by me. I'm not going to judge you, but I can't stand African cichlids. They're just way too aggressive, and you need to stock like a thousand of them in your aquarium to control the aggression level thing. You're probably going to lose a fish every day due to their aggression. And I'm just not a big fan of uh, African cichlids. I think they're like a rip-off to marine aquariums. Uh, they are beautiful fish, but I feel they're like a rip-off to a, a marine aquarium with more aggression than any marine fish can ever bring. But that's just my personal opinion on African cichlids. And I'll do a show on why I don't like African cichlids sometime on the aquatic wetline. Now, my personal favorite South American cichlids would have to be the Astronautis Oscars. I'm a big Oscar fan, as you guys know. Oscars are my personal favorite fish. Then the Chocolate Cichlid is a cichlid that I've always loved. There has never been a time when I had fresh water and when I have fresh water that I have never kept a Chocolate Cichlid. They are a beautiful cichlid, and I always, always, always like the Chocolate Cichlid. And then, of course, you got to love the Severum. Severums are an awesome fish. I personally really, really enjoy the Severum cichlid. I think it's an awesome cichlid, and a lot of people love Severums just like me. And then, of course, I like the Walrus. I like Geophagus. I like Angelfish. I like Festivums. I like Rams. I like Aspetos. So, basically, pretty much all of the South American cichlids are my personal favorites. I haven't kept all the species, but I've kept a pretty much a majority of them. And a unique cichlid that I like that comes from South America is called a Crencha cichla, and that is essentially is a pike cichlid. There's a wide variety of pike cichlids out there, but they are an awesome fish, and I really do like the pike cichlids. My personal favorite one is a orange pike cichlid. It's a very beautiful-looking pike cichlid, kind of sensitive, but very nice. Um, I'm actually looking into getting one for my brand new 125 that I will be getting to go with my Oscars. Orange pike cichlids are awesome. But I'll talk about pike cichlids when we talk about species that come from South America. So I figured that would be a fun way to uh, get us started because I've got a lot of information to share with you guys tonight on the aquatic wetline. So. As you guys know, you're welcome to go ahead and call in and share what your favorite South American cichlids are or ask any questions you may have. The number to call in is 1-347-989-8142, and I'd be happy to uh, answer your call. All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and start with some wonderful information about cichlids of the Amazon. More than 225 species with estimates of 300 species of cichlids are found throughout South America. An estimated 75% of these inhabit the mighty Amazon River Basin. Or excuse me, they inhibit the mighty Amazon River Basin. 
However, cichlids are not the most abundant fish in this river, with them making up only 6 to 10% of all fish species found there. Now, there are three major water types of Amazon River water. You have white water, clear water, which is sometimes called blue water, and black water. Whitewater rivers pick up large amounts of sediments from the Andes, giving the water a muddy brown color. Whitewater receives its name from the white foam of the rapids of the upper regions. Whitewater rivers lack abundant plant life. You won't find plants in whitewater rivers. Most aquarium species are found in quiet backwater areas like oxbow lakes. The water properties of white water rivers are a pH from 6.8 to 7.1 and a DH of 3 to 5. The best example of a white water river is the Amazon River where you would find oscars, discus, angelfish, severums, walrus, etc. Clear or blue water rivers are tributaries which flow through ancient Brazilian and Guyana rock beds where little sediment is released into the rivers. The waters of these rivers is very clear and allows plant growth. Clear water rivers have a pH of 6.9 to 7.5 and a water hardness of 5 to 12 dH. The Rio Nzingo and Rio Tocantis are such rivers. Blackwater rivers are nutrient poor and tea or black in color from the tannic acid released from decaying vegetation. Blackwater is crystal clear and has been compared to distilled water due to its lack of dissolved minerals. Blackwater rivers are acidic with a 6.0 pH and soft with little measurable water hardness, which is 0 dH. The Rio Negro is the most famous of the blackwater rivers. Now, you'll find species like discus, angelfish, you'll find um, festivum, some species of geophagus, and other cichlids of that nature. Mostly a lot of the community cichlids would be found in the blackwater rivers. However, some species of angelfish and discus would also be found in the whitewater rivers as well. So some species of angelfish, discus, and um, festivums and the other cichlids will travel throughout their ways through the uh, river, which is pretty cool in my opinion. Now, let's talk about some of these South American cichlid species now that we got their water out of their way. Now, among South American cichlids are the well-known angelfish, discus, and Oscar cichlid. Others include the Acaras, New World Door cichlids, Aspidogramma, and related earth eaters, which would be geophagus, and many others. South American cichlids differ greatly from one another in body shape, coloration, and survival habits. Since they differ so greatly, no general descri uh, description of South American cichlids as a whole can be accurately included. Now, you're probably asking yourselves, 
How can I have a peaceful South American cichlid tank? How can I create a natural biotope using South American cichlids? So I did a research, and I did research to try to find an answer for you. So here is my uh, answer. The South American cichlids are among the most intelligent, personable, beautiful, and interesting fish in the aquarium hobby. It is not surprising that they are also the most popular. But cichlid fans are a strange lot, and many of them take great pride in the fact that a lot of South American cichlids are big, nasty, and devoted demolishers of aquarium decor, like Oscars, Severums, chocolate cichlids, and all the monster um, South American cichlids out there. Turned off either by the wastelands of gravel piles and uprooted plants left in the wake of an Oscar, or by, or by the eyeless, finless, and scale less results of an encounter between two green terrors, many aquarists either avoid South American cichlids entirely or regulate them to a unadorned tank in the corner of the fish room. Here they are given coal-eating duties, ridding the fish room of stunted, malformed, or otherwise undesirable fry, but they're often otherwise ignored. But, it is, however, entirely possible to have a South American cichlid tank as a showpiece aquarium, complete with plants, schooling fish, and tranquil settings. Such a tank requires planning and careful execution, but it can be done. And you can do it without resorting strictly to door cichlids or the two famous wimps of the cichlid world, the discus and the angelfish. But we can't, include, we can't include these if we like, of course, because I like a nice discus community and I like a nice angelfish community. But we can also have a lot more variety than that as well. Now, the secret to the planted cichlid aquarium is to protect the plant's roots. The easiest way to protect the plant's roots is to plant the root through an egg crate type light diffuser of the type sole to cover fluorescent light fixtures. Place the root of the plant through the holes in the plastic and lay the plastic plant and all over a level bed of gravel. Add enough additional sand to bury the acrate and thus the plant roots. With this method, it is impossible for cichlids to uproot the plants, but also, unfortunately, this method makes it very difficult to replant the aquarium once the egg crate is buried. The whole egg crate must be pulled out of the gravel in order to replant. Therefore, I would recommend using small squares of egg crate material, each holding one or two plants, rather than having a single sheet of egg crate covering the entire tank bottom. A piece of egg crate can also be used to secure to the bottom of a not quite seeking piece of driftwood. Not surprisingly, dead wood litters the bottom of most Amazonian biotopes, and so submerged driftwood is a very common and desirable addition to the South American aquarium decor. Discus, angelfish, Oscars, Geophagus, Waru, and a lot of South American cichlids love having driftwood in their aquarium. 
but keeping the driftwood securely on the tank bottom may be a problem. Try strapping a piece of a crate to the bottom of the driftwood with a couple plastic wire ties threaded through holes drilled and through the bottom of the wood. Slide a piece of flat shell between the driftwood and the egg crate, and then bury the egg crate just as you would one holding down a plant. This works much better than the methods that glue or screw the driftwood to the shell, as screws and glue do not hold on to waterlogged driftwood with any certainty. Now, with driftwood in place, it's time to choose plants. Amazon sword plants or a various, uh, Amazon sword plants of various types are often the plant of choice for Amazonian tanks as they're native to the area. However, Amazon sword plants, despite their robust root systems, are not really a good plant to have around cichlids or plecos that are common tank mates for South American cichlids. Plecos and many cichlids are at least partial, partially vegetarian, and sword plants seem to be their favorite vegetables. For this reason, you should stick with the tougher sword plants. Um, there are a lot of species of tougher sword plants out there. I have two here, but I, I can't really pronounce scientific names, but I guess I'll try for you guys. Echidorus ulcerus and Echidorus lorihi. Those are two ones you can look for. And again, I apologize, I'm not the best at pronouncing scientific names. But better still are truly unpalatable plants like java fern, despite the geographical inconsistency of putting an Asian plant in with South American fish. As a general rule, ferns are less palatable to fish than our flowering plants. Of the flowering plants, tough-leached bog plants like Anubis are less pal palatable than fully aquatic plants. Of the fully aquatic plants, the thicker leaf ones like Volosneria are less palatable than the ones with thin translucent leaves. For example, Valsnera and Luiga make an interesting combination of fast-growing inedible plants that do well in a cichlid aquarium. The bushy red Luiga leaves make a nice contrast to the light green setup, or actually, excuse me, the light green strap-like leaves of the Valsnera. Both plants, once established, will grow extremely quickly and thus do much to outcompete algae. Now, of course, plants are optional, and they're not required for every community tank that you may have. But if you're keeping dwarf cichlids, discus, or even angelfish, plants would be nice in your aquarium because I know a lot of the smaller cichlids out there and the... Um, Angelfish and discus would love plants in their community aquarium. Now, the cichlids, except for the door species, are very large for aquarium fish, and they need plenty of swimming room. I would not recommend anything less than a 55-gallon aquarium for a cichlid, a cichlid community aquarium, depending on what kind of cichlid you're keeping. And uh, a 75 to 125-gallon is much, much better. Most cichlids are also full-bodied with a lot of body mass for their length. And all cichlids are extremely gluttonous. Therefore, be very careful with inches of fish per gallon rule, which is a rule I definitely don't support. 
A 50-gallon tank most certainly cannot support 50 inches of Oscars, regardless of the one inch of fish per gallon bullshit rule. Stock your cichlid aquarium very lightly, no more than half what you think it holds in terms of fish, and preferably much less than that. I would not recommend anything less than 30 liters of water per medium-sized cichlid, and 50 liters is much better. This will be the best thing you can do to keep in tank aggression as well as allergy growth under control. Now, as we all know, this tank must have efficient biological filtration. Sick with their big eaters and efficient ammonia producers, but they're also quite sensitive to ammonia, especially in neutral or alkaline waters. I would highly recommend a plant filter for their algae fighting and oxygenating abilities. A trickle filter is a strong second choice as it is also an efficient oxygenator, but it does not help to reduce algae growth. All right, so now we're going to move on down to actually setting up your South American cichlid tank. So let's discuss fish that are at least occasionally available in the better local aquarium stores. Now, to go through all the acceptable South American species for a South American cichlid community would be impossible, but if you have an opportunity to get a more unusual species described as peaceful, feel free to use it to substitute any of the suggestions below. Now, I have a lot of nice uh, South American cichlids I'm going to suggest to you guys right now for a community aquarium. A beautiful group of the cichlids are the earth eaters. They make make up the genres Geophagus, Geminogeophagus, and Santopricara. This fish get their name from their habit of chewing and spitting out sand in order to find the vertebrates. All the sand sifting means they have special requirements. A plant-free area, of course. Sand or very fine gravel is recommended. Of these fish, the beautiful and commonly seen commercial Jurapara, which actually is a Fitipacara leucusta, is quite peaceful and highly recommended. I've never seen the true Jurapara, but expect its temperament will be similar to the leucusta. Now, the leucusta is a very beautiful uh, Fitipacara. It has some nice blue and gold speckles on its face. Now, the Brazilian earth eater, which is also known as the Brasinilis, and the red hump earth eater are commonly available earth eaters, but they are somewhat bossier than the um, Santa Picaras. They're a little bit more aggressive, so keep that in mind. But they can certainly be considered for a community tank as well. All these fish are very difficult to sex until they are fully adult, so buy at least six youngsters to be sure to get a pair. All right. Now, next we've got the Akaras, the smiling Akaras of the Janya um, Latakara are highly recommended fish. They are available intermediately in the better aquarium stores. They are small cichlids, and they average about 8 centimeters in length. Some consider them dwarf cichlids, even though they are considerably heavier than the Aspidogramma species. 
Now, the true dwarf cichlids of the genre, Aspidogramma and Microgeophagus, can also be considered for a South American cichlid community tank. These fish must be given small caves to reside in, either coconut shells or hollow driftwood. You are, however, unlikely to see much of them as they would tend to stay close to home and may not be noticed in such a large tank. They are better kept in smaller aquariums, in my opinion. So pretty much for a smaller tank, like a 55-gallon or maybe a 75-gallon aquarium, and you're looking for a South American cichlid community tank, your best bet would be um, angelfish, um, some of the smaller growing geophagus species, and some of the uh, speedogrammas and microgeophagus. But here is one of my personal favorites. In a very large South American cichlid tank, one could include the chocolate cichlid and an Oscar, but not without some careful consideration first. Although they are peaceful toward other species, they, these are huge brutes that can cause a great deal of destruction without any particular effort. They can also be very aggressive towards their co-specifics at breeding time, so only a mated pair should be considered. These fish are also large and are predatory enough to pop a speedogramma like candy. Large males, however, of the chocolate cichlids do develop a lovely wine red head, and they are the most impressive animals. Now, pretty much... All of the flattened cichlids would go well in our peaceful tank, but the discus might be a too shy for a community tank. A lot of people say that, but I see people keeping discus with tetras, angelfish, and things of that nature. But we'll talk about tank major discus when we talk about discus later on in the show. More suitable would be the severum, the angelfish, and the festivum. Each of these get along very well as either mated pairs or in groups of at least six. All are docile, elegant, and beautiful. None will uproot plants, although the severum will take the odd bite out of one. The walru would be a very nice fish to include as well, but these fish get very large. All right, so let's talk about setting up a uh, South American cichlid aquarium now that we learned about some of the different cichlids you can use in a South American cichlid aquarium. Now, Let's talk about setting up a smaller South American cichlid aquarium, like cichlids like angelfish, discus, the espidogrammas, and the smaller cichlids. First, you're going to need a uh, medium-sized aquarium. If you're going to go with angelfish and espidogrammas and rams and things of that nature, I'd say a 55-gallon is your best way to go. You can use plants and driftwood with your angelfish and your smaller cichlids. If you want to go discus, I'd aim for at least a 75-gallon aquarium because discus get very large, and I definitely don't want to see them in a 55-gallon aquarium. So for me, I'd say discus need a 75-gallon aquarium, and you would put some plants in there because discus love plants, some driftwood, and choose their tank mates carefully. You don't want to put geophagus or severums in with discus. You can put in angelfish. Angelfish do fine with discus. Festivums could be okay with discus. I know it's a controversial tank mate for discus, but when I had discus, I had festivums with mine with no problem. And, yes, I had discus for about a month. I was actually holding them for a friend. So, technically, I did not keep discus. Um, 
but most tetra species will do fine with discus. You want to avoid um, some of the smaller tetras, like the uh, neon tetras, obviously, but rummy nose tetras will be okay, and uh, some of those uh, medium-growing tetras. Also, uh, those tetras can do fine with angelfish and the rams as well. Pluckles are fine with discus and angelfish and other smaller South American cichlids, and corridors, catfish are your best bet. Now, I personally have only had one smaller South American cichlid tank, and that was angelfish, espedogrammas, and rams with some rummy-nosed tetras and corridors. It was a nice tank. It just had driftwood and some rocks in there. But you guys know me, I'm a monster fish guy, always have been, always will be, and I got bored with the uh, smaller community tank, so I had to buy a bigger tank and go back to monster fish. But I'm not knocking anyone that likes uh, smaller cichlids, because i got to admit it, the espedo gramas are very nice looking. I actually do like the fish still, so I might even consider keeping one, a large one with my Oscars. I've, I've never tried it before, so I'm always eager to try something new. All right, now we're going to go on to my alley of South American cichlids, and that is the monster South American cichlids. Now, a lot of people think that you can't combine monster South American cichlids together, but you can. I'm living proof of it because right now I've got two Oscars, I've got two Severums, I've got a chocolate cichlid in there, and I'll be adding a, a Waru and a Pike cichlid pretty soon. So, yes, you can have a large South American cichlid tank. I obviously first would recommend getting a large aquarium, the largest you can. And I would not recommend any more than one Oscar. I'm lucky that my two Oscars are getting along now, but I'm expecting them to fight as they mature. So I personally would not recommend getting any, any more than one Oscar unless you've got a big aquarium. Now, Oscars can pretty much live with any other South American cichlid that's large enough not to be eaten. So if you are considering doing a large South American community tank, I would really consider going for a 125-gallon aquarium and working your way up to a bigger aquarium. That way your fish have a lot of room to swim and they won't butt heads. Now, if you are going to do a large South American cichlid community tank, I'd go with cichlids that get pretty large. So, for example, I'm going to do an Oscar tank. I'd go for uh, other South American cichlids that get to be about a foot long. That way they can live together for life and be stunning adults as well. So you can obviously keep Oscars, Severums, Chocolate Cichlids, Walru, Geophagus, and all the large cichlids together. All you need to do is have a big aquarium, have some driftwood, because driftwood is what comes in your natural residence, and um, make sure you do plenty of water changes because large cichlids produce a lot amount of waste, and it's a lot of waste to clean up in a tank. So make sure you have plenty of water changes and plenty of filtration. And tank mates for larger cichlids can be um, things like flagtail prosolotus, mentinus, mylius, mylosoma. Um, you can do some diffidorus in there. You can do leoparnus. There's a lot of tank mates from South America that do fine with South American cichlids. Now, obviously, um, you could combine pike cichlids with Oscars, or you can put you can combine. Um, peacock bass with Oscars. Basically, a lot of the larger cichlids from South America do find it together, but you would need a huge aquarium. So 
I hope I answered that person's question. I forgot to tell you when I started answering this question, uh, one of our live listeners of the Aquatic Wet Line a couple of weeks ago asked me if they can do a South American community tank. So hopefully I answered that guy's question very well. Yes, the short answer is you can have a community aquarium for things like angelfish, discus, and the espetogrammas and smaller cichlids. You would need driftwood and live plants and uh, pristine water conditions. So if you were a beginner, you would not be able to have discus, in my opinion, because discus are very sensitive and require pristine water conditions. But we'll talk about that later on in the show. All right. This was a great way to kickstart our life in the Amazon here on the Aquatic Wetline on East Network. This is a fun show um, right now. So I think we're going to go ahead and take our first commercial break of the night. Coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to have a discussion on some of the common cichlids that come from the Amazon, and I'll discuss how to care for them in the aquarium hobby. Up next, I'll talk about Oscars. I'll talk about Severums, Geophagus, Walru, Angelfish, Discus, and so many other wonderful cichlids, so stay tuned for that. That's going to be phenomenal. So we'll have that coming up next here on the Aquatic Wetline. This commercial break is being sponsored by Akari Seals USA, who reminds you they had the perfect food for your South American cichlids, whether it be a discus, angelfish, or an Oscar. They'll have the food just for you, including Hakari cichlid gold pellets and the wonderful Hakari Bile Pier frozen bloodworms, Hakari Bile Pier frozen brine shrimp, and all their wonderful Hakari Bile Pier frozen foods. School of Fish, Inc., located right here in Western Mass. For all my Western Massachusetts listeners, they always have the finest stock of angelfish, Oscars, chocolate cichlids, Severums, and yes, even discus and Aspetogrammas. They can order Aspetogrammas for you if you're interested in Aspetogrammas, and they have the best selection of microgeophagus rams. And it's also being sponsored by HBN Tropical Fish, North Texas Holy Rock, and the wonderful Facebook fish group, Freshwater Fish Freaks. And also, during this commercial break, we're going to hear a quick song called um, Set Fire to the Rain. All right, so I'm going to rest my voice for a couple minutes, and when we come back, we'll talk about cichlids that come from the Amazon and how, how to care for them in the aquarium hobby. Again, you're welcome to call in at 1-347-989-8142 with any questions or comments or tell me your favorite South American cichlids. Hikari offers a wide selection of aquatic diets to help you and your fishy friend find success. With more than 137 years of aquatic experience, Hikari was the originator of species-specific diets long before others thought it was important or trendy, and the first to bring unique products to fish keepers like algae wafers, the world's first diet specifically formulated for Procosinus, micropellets, the world's first micro-coated aquatic diet for tropical fish, Saki Hikari, the world's first probiotic-enhanced diet for koi, goldfish, cichlid, and now turtles, and Biopure the world's cleanest and most nutrition-packed frozen and freeze-dried foods, industry trendsetters when they were first introduced. When you're looking for the best aquatic diets your hard-earned money can buy for your aquatic pets, look no further than Ikari. Your fish and your wallet will be forever grateful.
School of Fish, Inc. offers everything an aquarium hobbyist in western Massachusetts needs. We offer the best alive stock from freshwater to saltwater and everything in between. We also have the best corals and live rock. School of Fish, Inc. carries the best brands of fish food, medications, and equipment such as Hikari, Tetra, Marineland, API, and much more. Stop by and check us out today. School of Fish, Inc. located at 1865 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. And we can be reached at 413-543-1994. We're open Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Closed Tuesdays. Check out School of Fish, Inc. That's School of Fish, I-N-C on Facebook for exclusive deals, specials, and see what's new. It's your band, Tropical Fish. is proud to partner with the Aquatic Wetline online radio. Ichiban Tropical Fish brings to you exotic and rare tropical fish shipped straight to your door. Stingrays, bat noise, peacock bass, arowanas, and much more. If you are into rare and exotic fish, we have the fish just for you. For more information, check out our website, itchabandtropical.com, and also check us out on Monster Fish Keepers, Itchaband Tropical Fish. North Texas Holy Rock, providing the world the finest holy rock, one rock at a time. Satisfaction guaranteed. Whether you're looking for a small, single piece, or 200 pounds to set up your first MB Una tank, North Texas Holy Rock can provide you what you need. You will not find a company that offers the same level of customer service or an owner who truly enjoys setting up your tank as if it were his own. North Texas Holy Rock also offers all related aquarium supplies and accessories. Find us on the web at ntholyrock.com. That's N-T-H-O-L-E-Y-R-O-C-K.com. North Texas Holy Rock. DMV Aquatics is a proud sponsor of the Aquatic Wetline online radio show. After the show, stop by DMVAquatics.com where we offer top-of-the-line crayfish at rock-bottom prices. We also provide information and tools to help you become a crayfish king. Enjoy the rest of the show. Hey, calling all you freshwater fish lovers. Are you on Facebook right now? I bet you are. Come check out the wonderful group called Freshwater Fish Freak, which has over 2,000 freshwater fish freaks. Whatever you see, community fish, monster fish, oddball fish, or even goldfish, all freshwater fish keepers are welcome. Open arms. You will not find another group with such wonderful freshwater bodies who share their love of the honey. So type in that search bar on Facebook, Freshwater Fish Week. You click join and be part of this awesome Freshwater Fish Week on Facebook. So, Freshwater Fish Week, are you waiting for it? Come check us out.
you are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. Feel free to call in at 347-989-8142 with any questions or comments about tropical fish or the topic for today. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. The Aquatic Wetline on Ace Network is now back live. Aqua Alex is discussing and doing his seventh episode of Life in the Amazon. Tonight I am discussing cichlids of the Amazon. Now before commercial break, I talked about some basic information about cichlids of the Amazon, like how to set up a South American cichlid community aquarium and such. Now I am getting ready to start discussing some of the common cichlids that live in the Amazon. If you have any questions or comments, please call in live at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Or if you wish to talk about your favorite South American cichlid, you may call in also at one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. You guys know that I love callers, so go ahead and call in and I'll answer your call. I'm dying to know what the favorite South American cichlid is in the fish keeping hobby, because I know a lot of you out there uh, love South American cichlids. So, guys, what are your favorite South American cichlids? Go ahead and call in and let me know. one three four seven nine eight nine eight one four two. Now, if you can't call in for whatever reason, you may tweet me on Twitter what your favorite South American cichlid is. So, uh, tweet to my uh, account, hashtag at Alex Cardinelli one. So actually you don't need you don't even need to use the hashtag, so just tweet to at Alex Cardinelli one and I'll uh, get your response to what your favorite South American cichlid is. But if you're listening live you're welcome to uh go ahead and call in and tell me your favorite cichlid. Alright, so now this is the fun part of the show. So let's discuss some of the species that live in the Amazon that are often available in the aquarium hobby. Now, of course, you guys know me. I'm going to start by discussing my personal favorite cichlid of all time, which is actually my personal favorite fish. And this cichlid is very famous in the Amazon. This is the Astronautus Oscar cichlid. The famous Oscar cichlid, the Oscar cichlid hails from South America. Now, in South America, where the species naturally resides, Astronautus olacellus specimens are often found for sale as a food fish in the local market. Astronautus olacellus is native to Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil, and the French Guiana, and occurs in the Amazon River Basin along the Amazonas. In its natural environment, the species typically occurs in slow-moving whitewater habitats and has been observed sheltering under submerged branches. 
Now, I'm not going to go too in-depth in talking about the Oscar because I've have, I have done several episodes about the Oscar cichlid, and I actually have a series called the Oscar Cichlid Keeper's Hour right here on the Aquatic Wetline on East Network that I really do like. And I've got to say, Life in the Amazon and the Oscar Cichlid Keeper's Hour are my two favorite series for the Aquatic Wetline. But I'll, I'll go over some things that a beginner should know about an Oscar cichlid tonight. So, caring for Oscars in the aquarium hobby. Well, Oscars get big. Oscars get anywhere from 12 to 14 inches, and thus they are going to require a large aquarium. Um, under the firm's belief that one Oscar needs 75 gallons. Two Oscars can do fine in a 125-gallon aquarium. And more than two Oscars, you're going to need at least a 180-gallon aquarium. Now, Oscars are big waste producers, so you're going to need some superb filtration. It's very important to over-filter your Oscar aquarium. So let's say, for example, you've got a 75-gallon aquarium. You want at least 150 gallons of filtration for your tank. You can even do 220 gallons of filtration in that tank because Oscars are very big waste producers. My co-host, Jeff, has about 220 gallons of filtration on his Oscar tank. That I think I remember him telling me that. So it's very important to over-filter your Oscars tanks because they're going to produce a lot of waste. You also still need to do plenty of water changes with an Oscar because they do produce a lot of waste, and the cleaner the water is, the healthier they're going to be. The more water changes, the faster your Oscar is going to grow. And that's, that's true with other fish as well. The more water changes you do, the faster your fish is going to grow. Other than having a big tank and making sure you've got plenty of filtration and you do plenty of water changes, Oscars are one of the most hardiest species of cichlids out there. There is nothing too difficult in keeping an Oscar. Oscars are pigs. They will eat anything. I mean anything. My Oscars eat Hakari cichlid gold pellets, Hakari cichlid uh, sticks. They eat Hakari bloodworms. They eat Marcus shrimp. They eat krill. They love anything. Oscars will eat anything. They're not picky. My Oscars here foods are actually earthworms. They actually steal it from my chocolate cichlid before I get to feed my chocolate cichlid, but Oscars eat pretty much everything. As far as tank meats are concerned with Oscars, they can live with anything that is too big to fit in their mouths because Oscars the fat pigs that they are will try to eat anything that looks like a meal. So you have to keep uh, large fish with Oscars because Oscars get large and they will eat smaller fish. All right. So good tank mates for the Oscars would include Severums, chocolate cichlids, uh, tinfoil barbs, silver dollars, um, catfish that are larger like Raphael's, Pictus, and Odontis, Palpaturus bikers. Datnoids. There's a lot of tank mates you can have with an Oscar. Just go for the larger growing tank mates so that it won't become lunch in the future. So that's your first cichlid that comes from the Amazon, and that is the Oscar cichlid. All right, let's talk about another favorite cichlid of mine that comes from the Amazon. This this genius of cichlids is called Heroes. Yes, that's actually the name of a, a species of cichlid. Heroes is the Severum cichlid species. Severums hail from South America. Severums have multiple species. 
Peru is well known for having the Rotkiel Severum, which is basically a green Severum with a nice red stripe down its forehead. And Peru has some uh, beautiful green and turquoise Severums. If your fish store ever, ever gets in wild-caught Peruvian green Severums, I'd say get it. Because the wild-caught Peruvian green Severums are awesome. So aren't the wild-caught Brazilian green Severums. Those two are personally two of my personal favorite wild-caught Severums. Now, I'm hoping my fish store will bring in either a wild-caught Brazilian or a wild-caught Peruvian green Severum because they're awesome looking. Now, they are very cool looking. They've got dark green They've got red eyes, and they got some cool spots and cool stripes on them. So they look nothing to the captive bred green serum. They, look, they don't even look similar to a captive bred green severum. So uh, the one reason or one way you can tell a wild-caught green Peruvian severum and a wild-caught Brazilian severum from a captive bred severum is they're going to have red eyes, they're going to have some spots and stripes, and they're also going to be a little bit more circular shape, like a, per, a profound circular shape. But they are very, very nice. All right. They will probably cost a little bit more than a tank race severum, but they're very nice. Um, there are a lot of species of severums out there. Now, severums are very popular in the aquarium hobby, and right, right, rightfully so. Now, Heroes is a genius of cichlids native to rivers in the Amazon or Orinoco basins in South America. They were often previously included in the catch-all genius Cichlosoma, but now they, are, they have their own um, species uh, and species, John, uh, species uh, genius, and that's Heroes. Now, let's talk about caring for Severums in the aquarium hobby. Severums they're not difficult to keep at all. They're very hardy. They get to be about 8 to 12 inches in length, so therefore I'd recommend a 55-gallon aquarium for starters with a severum. And, yes, you can keep more than one severum together, but I personally would recommend at least a 75-gallon aquarium for more than one severum. And they're pretty much uh, docile. They're not overly aggressive, but they can and will defend themselves when needed. The only time they're really aggressive is when they're breeding, but a lot of other fish out there are really aggressive when it comes to breeding, so it's nothing that is unexpected. And uh, severums can live with almost anything from angelfish to Oscars to chocolate cichlids and even community fish like the uh, Boenus, Aries, Tetras, and all the Tetras that are out there and things of that nature. Now, severums aren't picky eaters as well. My severum loves bloodworms. He loves uh, cichlid gold pellets. He loves everything. Um, I would provide the severum a good diet and provide a lot of protein so you can develop some beautiful coloration on your severum. They're also vegetarians, too. They need, they need veggies in their diet as well, so I recommend feeding a good vegetarian flake. My severum goes crazy for it. Um, actually, my red-spotted severum eats more veggies than meat, but my green severum loves both veggies and meat. So I provide a little bit of both. That way they're going to get a good diet. So that is the uh, severums. All right, moving on down to my third favorite South American cichlid, and that is the chocolate cichlid species. 
And believe it or not, there are two species of chocolate cichlids out there. But the one you're probably going to run into is the temporalis kind. Actually, my personal favorite chocolate cichlid is the Peruvian temporalis kind. They are very, very beautiful, and I definitely, definitely like the uh, temporalis chocolate cichlid. All right, so you guys are going to laugh at me, but I'm going to go ahead and try to pronounce the chocolate cichlid uh, genius name, and it is Hippasokira. I think that's it, Hippa, Hip. Slokara, I guess is how you pronounce it. But the chocolate cichlid is a very nice, large-growing species. It is similar to an Oscar, but it is generally more peaceful. It can live with pretty much anything. Hypsokara is a small genus of cichlids native to the Amazon and Orinoco basins in South America. Temporalis is a relatively common aquarium fish known in the aquarium trade as the chocolate cichlid. The temporalis species comes from Peru, and it has a very nice deep red to dark brown coloration, and males will develop a cichlid hump and get some very good red coloration, amber red to dark brown, but usually a light purple color can be found in some temporalis species as well. Males look stunning. If you're looking for a show-stopping South American cichlid for your aquarium, I would recommend a temporalis chocolate cichlid, especially a male. They are show-stoppers. They are a natural version of a flower horn. They're not man-made. They're natural. They've got a cichlid hump just like a flower horn, and they've got some beautiful colors, and they're peaceful, unlike a flower horn. I love the chocolate cichlid. All right. I'm not being biased. I just think the chocolate cichlids are one of the best uh, South American cichlids out there. They do great with angelfish. They do great with Oscars. They do great with anything. They're not overly aggressive. Now, you can find them in parts of Peru, Colombia, Venezuela, and Brazil. And it most often inhabits silt-laden, slow-flowing rivers. Now, I want to talk about caring for the chocolate cichlid in the aquarium hobby. They're very easy to care for, um, but they will develop hole in the head a lot worse than Oscars, and that is due to metals in the water. I find that chocolate cichlids are very sensitive to heavy metals in the water, so try to keep the metals out of the water. They're also sensitive to high ammonia, and they're very sensitive to uh, um, acidic water. Or, excuse me, uh, they're sensitive to a pH that is higher than 7.4. So... I definitely would keep them in a 6.4 to 7.4 range in pH. Other than that, they're very hardy. I have never, ever in my experience keeping chocolate cichlids ever had one catch hole in the head because I've kept them in the, the bright pH and I made sure there's no metal in my water because I use water clarifiers and things of that nature. Now, in my fish store, that's about an hour away from me. They've got a large chocolate cichlid covered, I mean covered in hole in the head, and they want $50 for it. I'm like, holy shit, why are they selling this poor thing? This thing's suffering. So if you want to keep a chocolate cichlid, please keep in mind to keep their water pristine and make sure there's no metal in your water. Other than that, they're very easy to take care of. They have the same care as an Oscar would. 
same diet as an Oscar. Matter of fact, my chocolate prefers more meat than uh, vegetables, uh, but I feed him uh, vegetables as well. And by the way, chocolate cichlids love earthworms. My little four-inch specimen, well, he's not four-inch, he's probably about three and a half, but he loves earthworms. And um, a very, very nice fish. I think my chocolate cichlid is a male. He's got some uh, deep purple coloration, which is looking stunning right now. I'm actually looking at him right now because uh, I broadcast my show in my bedroom, which is also my fish room, and I got my tank right next to me that has the chocolate cichlid and the Oscars and the Severums in it. But chocolate cichlids are very easy to care for. They get about 8 to 12 inches, so they're going to need a 75-gallon aquarium, and pretty much easy to care for. Tank mates can be anything, look, guys. Mentions. And I've done a show on chocolate cichlids in the past here on the Aquatic Wetline. So you can go ahead and find that show here on the Aquatic Wetline and take a listen to that to learn more about the chocolate cichlid. All right. Now, another personal favorite cichlid of mine is the walru. Now, walru are often considered to be a poor man's discus. The walru is a favorite of mine because it is similar in appearance to discus, but not quite finicky and can be kept with severums, angels, oscars, etc. Walrus come in three forms, walru amphilophus, pandu walru, and orange walru. And I'm pretty sure I got the walru amp wrong, so I'll just say walru amp, panda walru, and orange walru. Now, Waru is a small genus of cichlids found in blackwater and whitewater habitats in the upper Orinoco and Rio Negro rivers of the Amazon Basin. Now, Waru care, um, they are very sensitive to poor water conditions. I call them a poor man's discus for this reason alone. They're almost as finicky as a uh, discus, but not quite. They're not going to die if the pH goes high or a sudden change in temperature, but they do need a neutral pH of 6.4, 7.2, and they need pretty clean water. Heck, it's of my opinion that most South American cichlids need clean water, so um, if you do plenty of water changes, it should not be a problem for you because um, walrus are a very, very nice fish. Now, Walrus will grow anywhere from 8 to 12 inches, and they are a little bit more on the weaker uh, side in terms of aggression. So I would not combine walrus with anything aggressive because they'll probably get bullied. Perfect tank mate for the walrus would include angelfish, chocolate cichlids, geophagus, and severums. It may work with an Oscar. I have never personally tried it, but I would consider trying it if I could find a big walrus. Because I know for a fact, if, if I got a uh, smaller um, walrus, it would be lunch to um, it'd be lunch for my Oscars. They'd probably attack it and kill it if they couldn't eat it. So I would try a bigger walrus. Now, walrus diet is pretty much similar to all the other South American cichlids. They'll eat meat and vegetables. Um, I had a walrus that loved lettuce, and he loved cucumber that I would give to my pleco. But I'd feed them a good diet of pellets and um, bloodworms, market shrimp, and earthworms. Now, when a walrus matures, because when walrus are juveniles, they're going to have a different color pattern as when they're adults. But when they mature, they are very stunning. They are very beautiful. 
a very nice South American cichlid. They go through a lot of color changes, so it's a very nice cichlid to grow from a juvenile to a mature state because then take out your camera and you can photograph different changes the walrus goes through. Now, not too many other South American cichlids go through that sort of a um, color change. I know maybe an Oscar does a little bit, maybe a chocolate cichlid does a little bit, but a walrus does it a lot, which is pretty cool, actually in my opinion. So uh, walrus are awesome, and I will do a show specifically on walrus pretty soon here on the Aquatic Wetline, and we'll learn how to care for walrus a little bit more in depth, but this is just the overview of them. All right. Now, the next cycle we're going to talk about before we take our final commercial break is the Festivum, Mephinotia Festivum. Festivums are an awesome medium-growing cichlid that can live with discus, angelfish, severums, walru. Heck, sometimes full-grown ones can live with Oscars. They aren't aggressive and can be seen in the wild, schooling with discus and angelfish. They're native to tropical rivers in Brazil, Peru, Paraguay, and Bolivia. Now, they get anywhere from 6 to 8 inches and will require 55-gallon aquarium or bigger and can be kept in schools. They, too, are pretty much in anything from fish flakes to cichlid sticks to blood worms, etc. And, again, I'll do a show on festivums because I haven't done one yet. Then I'll tell you guys how to care specifically for festivums. All right, so we've talked about Oscars. We've talked about Severums, and we've talked about... Um, Chocolate Cichlids, Walrus, and Festivum. So we're going to finish our show next. So we're going to take our final commercial break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up the show with some more wonderful cichlids. Coming up next, I'll have a discussion on angelfish, discus, geophagus, and the dwarf cichlids, peacock bass, and other South American cichlids. So stay tuned for that. Now, this commercial break is being sponsored by our non-fish-keeping friends. Cheesecakes by Design. So if you're looking for a creamy, moist, delicious treat for your birthday party or even just for a regular sweet tooth, Cheesecakes by Design has a great cheesecake for you. Jambox for all of our wonderful guitar lovers out there, Sightman Cancer Center, and all of our other great sponsors. And I'm also going to play one song during this commercial break, and the name of this song is I'm Not Afraid by Eminem. So enjoy our our last and final commercial break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about angel fish and some other South American cichlids. And don't you forget, you can call in 1-347-989-8142. Are you looking for something creamy, moist, and decadent in your life? Do you have a sweet tooth? Well, cheesecakes are the answer for you. Cheesecake by Design offers you a wide variety of cheesecakes and some wonderful flavors. At Cheesecake by Design, you will find a flavor just for you. Whatever it be, a red velvet cheesecake, a strawberry cheesecake, or a cookies and cream cheesecake. We have tons of flavors to fit your needs. We ship fresh cheesecakes all over the United States straight to your door. So next time you're hosting a party, family get-together, or a cookout, and you need dessert, order a delicious, moist, creamy cheesecake from Cheesecake by Design. Our cheesecakes are always homemade, and made with the freshest possible ingredients. Check out our website, and call 336-525-5500. 
888-212-5120 with any questions or to place an order. Choosing guitar accessories can be expensive and time-consuming, but it doesn't have to be. Jambox will deliver the necessities right to your front door. Jambox is great for players of any age and all experience levels. Try new brands, new products, and get your jam on. Order a Jambox today at www.jamboxcanada.ca. Here at Kimsell Federal Credit Union, we offer a free mobile banking app, no ATM fees, free online banking, and free bill pay, all for your convenience. Visit us online at www.kimsell.org. That's www.chemcel.org. Visit our local branch at 1901 South Highway 77 in Kingsville, Texas. Or call us at 361-592-7767. Kimsell Federal Credit Union. We're here for you. Member NCUA. Discover Romanian business opportunities. Our TV show offers free information about domestic entrepreneurial environment, interviews, and more. Don't miss it. The Seidman Cancer Center is committed to improving the health of our community and has developed a program called Eight Ways to Prevent Cancer. By making these eight simple lifestyle changes, you can help reduce your risk of getting cancer, maintain a healthy weight, exercise regularly, eat a healthy diet, don't smoke, drink alcohol in moderation, protect yourself from the sun and STDs, and get regular screening tests. Take control of your health. Visit the Seidman Cancer Center exhibit for more information. Seidman Cancer Center, national leaders in cancer. Do you enjoy listening to Ace Network? Do you want to know more about Ace Network? Then join our Facebook group called Ace Network Fan Group. In this group, you can post your thoughts on today's show. You can post your thoughts on anything aquarium-related, cooking-related, sports, WWE-related, anything PG-13. So the next time you're on Facebook, search for the Ace Network Fan Group. Click join. You can also friend Alex Cardinelli on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at AlexCardinelli1. And don't forget, our show page is blogtalk.com forward slash AlexCardNetwork. And please, enjoy our shows. Like a fuck you for Christmas, his gift is a curse. 
these words in the rhythm for you to know it's a rap You said you was king, you lied through your teeth For that, fuck your feelings Instead of getting crowned, you're getting capped Instead of fans, I'll never let you down again, I'm back I promise to never go back on that promise In fact, let's be honest, at last we laughed CD was there, perhaps I ran them actions into the ground Relax, I ain't going back to that now All I'm trying to say is get back to black cloud Cause I ain't playing around It's a game called Circle and I don't know how I'm way too rough to back down But I think I'm still trying to figure this crap out Thought I had it mapped out, but I guess I didn't This fucking black cloud still follows me around But it's time to exercise these demons, these motherfuckers are doing jumping jacks I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid Just take a stand, take a stand Everybody, everybody Come take my hand, come take my hand We'll walk this road together Through the storm, whatever weather
Sorry about that. My phone went dead for a second. But I want to go ahead and talk about uh, one of my personal favorite cichlids that is a community cichlid, and that is the uh, angelfish, Petrophyllum is their scientific name. Now, angelfish are a very popular cichlid from South America. These are an awesome cichlid. Petrophyllum is their genius. Petrophyllum is a small genius of freshwater fish from the family Cichlidae, known to most aquarists as angelfish. All Petrophyllum species originate from the Amazon Basin, Orinoco Basin, and various rivers in the Guyana Shield in tropical South America. The three species of Petrophyllum are unusually shaped for cichlids being greatly laterally compressed with round bodies and elongated triangular dorsal and annual fins. This body shape allows them to hide amongst roots and plants, often on a vertical uh, surface. Naturally occurring angelfish are frequently striped. These would be the wild-caught angelfish. Most of the wild-caught angelfish you see out there are striped. And I actually like seeing stripes on uh, angelfish. I think it's kind of unique, and it makes them look good. I like striped angelfish, in, in my opinion. Now, the currently recognized species in this genus are Petrophyllum altum. And the true altum angels are very rare. Petrophyllum leopoldi, and the most common and captive bred one, is Petrophyllum scalar. So your tank grace angelfish are usually just Petrophyllum scalar, the most common angelfish you'll ever find. Now, there's a lot of varieties of Petrophyllum scalar out there. To name a few, you've got the marble angelfish, you've got the koi angelfish, you've got the redhead koi angelfish, and you've got the uh, ghost angelfish. So they have uh, hybridized and bred a lot of the Petrophyllum scalar angels to make them very nice and make them captive bred. But me personally, I love the wild-caught Petrophyllum scalar angels. And my personal favorite angelfish is the Petrophyllum ultim angel. But up here in Springfield, Massachusetts, none of my fish stores have ever brought in the true Petrophyllum Altum angels, although one time a particular uh, planted aquarium shop had them in, but they were charging a lot for them. So, yes, as I mentioned earlier, Petrophyllum altum angels are very rare, and they may be, even be extremely rare depending on your area. I know up here they're really rare, but I believe if uh, my fish store knew that someone was really interested in them and they knew that they were going to buy them, they probably would be able to get in Altamangels. Now, Altamangels are certainly really sensitive. They are not as easy to keep as the Petrophyllum uh, Scalar Angels are. So I'd say a discus, a discus person would have success keeping a uh, Altam Angel, a true Altam Angel, because I know that some... People actually, uh, or some fish stores actually get in wild-caught Petrophyllum scalar angels and mark them down as altum angels and charge an arm and a leg for them. 
but actually the real ultimate angels are very sensitive, and most of them die during transportation. So when someone does bring in wild caught um, angel fish, they are going to charge a arm and a leg. So you always got to keep that in mind, all right? Um, because if you do find an ultimate angel, expect to pay $100 or so because they are expensive. Maybe $20 for a really tiny juvenile, but $20 to $100 is normal. Now, they are really sensitive, as I mentioned, so you might buy one and they'll die on you. They need pristine water conditions, almost uh, almost as, as bad as discus. Well, not as bad as discus, but they need pristine water. Okay, which is why I'm too afraid to try to keep an Ultimate Angel. Um, their water needs to be really, really clean. And they actually could live with discus after you quarantine them because all the Ultimate Angels that come in the hobby are wild-caught, so the risk of them having parasites and disease is really, really high. So I would really quarantine them before adding them to a discus-type aquarium. Now, Petrophyllum. Lapaldi is kind of rare, but I've seen them in my area as well. Now, for me, luckily, I've been able to keep wild-caught angelfish, and they're, they're, they were actually my personal favorite. I had wild-caught Petrophyllum scalar angelfish. I really did, really, really did enjoy those. Petrophyllum scalar angels are awesome. Wild-caught, they were beautiful. So I was lucky to have those. Now, keeping angelfish in the aquarium is very simple. Clean water, neutral pH, and nothing aggressive because they'll attack their fins. All right? And you'll want a 55-gallon aquarium or bigger for angelfish. You particularly want a longer tank for dis uh, for angelfish because they are vertically shaped and they swim up and down, so you would need a longer tank for uh, angelfish as opposed to a uh, um, wider tank. Now, angelfish would eat flakes, they'll eat bloodworms, they'll eat about anything, they're not picky, so you want to provide a good diet for angelfish, and tank mates could be anything that is not aggressive, like tetras, um, I, would, I would suggest rasboras, platys, mollies, corridoras, your general community fish will do okay, and angelfish can do fine with uh, discus, believe it or not, I know some people are very... Uh, controversial with that, and I feel that people are actually um, saying that you can't keep angelfish with discus, but I think you can. Uh, my fish store does it. My friends do it. A lot of people do it, and they've had no problems doing it. I would just quarantine the um, angelfish before you add them to your discus aquarium. All right. That's that on angelfish. We've done a few shows here on angelfish on the aquatic equipment, so go ahead and take a listen to those. And speaking of discus, let's talk about the king of aquariums, the king of South American cichlids, I guess some people can say. Let's talk about the discus now. Discus are supposedly the king of freshwater aquariums. I personally disagree. I think the king of freshwater aquariums are Oscars because of their personality. But, hey, that's just my opinion. But I personally think discus are one of the kings of freshwater aquariums. Discus are a very nice South American cichlid. They make for great display. They are very beautiful and will draw attention to anyone who views their tank. 
artists want to draw a picture of discus due to their beauty. And my good friend Sam Garcia Jr. has drawn several pictures of discus. He likes them very much. So I definitely recommend uh, checking out Sam Garcia Jr. If you love discus and you have discus, he'd, he'd make a nice printing for you. Now, in my opinion, only the experienced fish keepers should consider keeping discus due to them being very finicky and very expensive. I don't care if you have a wholesale account or whatever, discus are very finicky and they need a pristine water conditions. Now, I do know there is a person out there who, who promotes that discus can actually be kept by beginners. And while I'm not qualified to talk about discus because I've never kept them, I honestly know that beginners probably cannot keep discus. Why? Because, one, they're expensive, and, two, they're very finicky, and, and any change in water conditions or temperature can result in death or even uh, illnesses. So I honestly think a beginner could not keep discus. All right, well, I see that we have our first caller on our Life in the Amazon series here on the Ace Network here on South American Cichlids. You're now live on the Aquatic Wetline. Thank you very much for uh, calling in. You are now live on the line, live on the line. with Alex Cardinelli. Hello? Hello, thank you for calling in. Hello. Um, discus can be kept by pretty much anybody, I believe, because I keep discus all the time. Uh, as for uh, beginners, it's a little tough because they have need constant water changes. So, you know, unless you're dedicated into doing that, I would stay or steer clear of them. Yes, that's very true. I don't. I don't think a beginner would be able to know how to do water changes just yet. But I guess it can be done if a beginner took time to research and learn the requirements for discus. And uh, temperature is very important to discus. They like the warmer temperatures, you know. Uh, some fish can get by with the cooler temperatures, but discus, uh, they would probably fall ill to cooler temperatures. I know. They, they like those, like the 80, 80 degrees, right? Somewhere in that range? I keep mine at about 85 Nice. So what are your thoughts of having an angelfish with discus? Is it a, a good thing or a bad thing? You I've can always wondered until they, that. Uh, okay, now my opinion is you can until they become breeding age because angelfish get very territorial. They will tear discus fins up by just defending their territory, and uh, the whole breeding process of angelfish can get a little violent for the discus fish, I believe. They would uh, get territorial and, like, protect their spot. I'd hate to see somebody get some angelfish and some discus fish and the angelfish become breeding age and really mess your discus fish up. Yeah, that would be awful. That would be awful experience. I keep uh, placos with my discus fish and uh, just some, like, tetras and stuff, stuff that swims uh, through the middle of the tank. I feel that discus fish like to see... If other fish are out and swimming, it kind of calms them down a little bit. They're not going to feel like they're in trouble or anything, or anything bad can happen to them because they see other fish swimming around. I've never had a problem 
quit keeping other stuff with my discus fish. But uh, I've never kept angelfish just for the fear that uh, when old enough to breed that you could run into some problems with them being territorial and stuff. Oh, yeah, I know I know how territorial angelfish are when they breed. They were dominating my chocolate cichlids, so they probably do a lot of damage to a discus. And discus are sensitive fish. It doesn't take much to stress them out and kill them. But uh, I, I think beginners can keep discus if they do their research. Research is very important. You have to know what you're doing. You have to know your water change, temperatures, the all the water parameters you need. Because... And discus are kind of forgiving to a point. They have these stress bars on their side. And when they start showing up real dark, you know something's wrong, and you have time to figure it out. Some fish, you just wake up one day and they're dead. Where discus fish kind of talk to you a little bit. They're kind of uh, a forgiving fish to a point because they do have stress bars, and they turn dark in general. The whole fish will turn dark, and they kind of start acting funny. And then that's when you know... You have to do some changes. You can't just uh, ignore that when the fish is talking to you. Where other fish, you won't even notice. They don't have any kind of warning signs, and they just die. But uh, if you do your research, you'd probably be okay with keeping discus fish. Not, you know, but I I would keep something and just make sure you can keep stuff alive first. I mean, I wouldn't just go out and buy a tank and set up a discus fish without knowing something first, without having some kind of knowledge or background of uh, keeping fish alive and successfully yeah that's a good point i know you're you're the discus man and i'm like the newbie the discus so i just learned a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> <laughs> i might keep discus at some point down the line maybe i'll do that instead of salt water discus are uh very uh, i think they're just as nice as salt water and and i was talking to a. uh, uh a buddy of mine who does saltwater, he owns a saltwater store for saltwater fish. He says I should be able to keep saltwater with no problems because I can keep discus alive. So I don't know where he got that from, but that's what he said. <laughs> saltwater is kind of nice, though. I have to admit saltwater is yeah. nice, but I think discus is better because I'm a big freshwater guy. Uh, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you were saying them angelfish cost about $100. But uh, some discus cost five, six hundred dollars a piece. It depends on what you're getting. Oh yeah, I know. But the discus are beautiful at that price. It's high quality. I seen them at uh, discushands.com today. Oh yeah, he's got some beautiful fish. Uh, what the main thing is with people keeping discus? Why people scared are scared of keeping discus? Because because of them high prices. And if a discus dies, you know you keep uh, like a a Placo or something, and it dies. A common Placo, you know, you buy it as a baby, it's only a couple dollars, and it dies, it's not a big loss. But you can buy a discus fish that costs $75, $80, and it dies, that's a big hit. That's why people kind of tell beginners to steer clear of them, and people get all paranoid and thinking there's a lot of work involved. And Well, there is a lot of work, but, I mean, that's why people kind of think that uh, discus aren't for beginners. But... You know, they're kind of not, but they kind of are if you do your research. Oh, nice. So how often do you need to do water changes with discus, like every day, or do you can do one every other day? Uh, some people do it weekly. Some people do it biweekly. I wouldn't recommend that. I do it uh, every 
every other day. I do a water change every other day. And my fish do great. They want a water change every other day. Some people do it every day, religiously every day. But I do it every other day, try to keep the stress down a little bit. But uh, I've never had a problem doing it every other day. So I, I think it's, I would go with every other day or once every three days. But I wouldn't recommend going beyond that because of the food they eat. Most people feed it that is uh, feed a beef heart and stuff. And that stuff will mess your tank up pretty quick if you're not constantly changing order in it. Oh, I know. I, I've seen people feeding uh, beef heart and it's all dirty it gets. Yeah, I do water changes every other day. And I feed beef heart and some flake. But uh, I, I haven't had a problem with my discus getting sick or anything or stressed out or anything because I do a water change every other day. Nice. How many discus can you keep together, like a whole group of them? I know they're a schooling species. Well, for breeding purposes, I keep them in pairs, in pairs, in separate tanks. But if you have, like, a 75-gallon tank or a 100-gallon tank, you can keep, like, four or five of them together. I would recommend, you know, you keep them about five because they have, like, a, a pecking order. There's one that's in charge, and then everyone else falls in line after that. So that kind of keeps them stress-free, too, is by having a group of them. But you can't keep one by itself because if you keep one by itself, it gets very stressed out. They're very much so uh, like a community type of fish. They have to be with other discus. Some people have probably successfully kept one discus by itself. But I think that's some undue stress for the discus because they feel comfortable, safe, relaxed when there's more than one. Yeah, I actually like seeing them in schools too myself. Have you ever kept a wild discus before, or you just stick with the tank-raised ones? I keep with stick with the tank-raised ones because I've heard some horror stories of uh, wild-caught discus with diseases and stuff. So I just find it easier. I, I don't want to go through the stress of myself having to deal with parasites and diseases and things like that and getting all stressed out because this one died because it had a disease or something. So I just prefer to go with... Uh, regular tank-raised discus. Yeah, my first time having discus was a failure. I bought two uh, wild-caught discus, and they died a week later of parasites. Yeah, see, that's why I'd rather avoid all that. So when I get a discus, I'll just buy from a discus hands. That way I get quality discus. Well, discus hands discus are the stanker discus, which are very good because they've been raised in Germany. And Germany has been raising their discus for 30 years in regular tap water. So, and their tap water is very compatible, is very comparable to our tap water. And they'll breed in that and everything. Where you get ones that are from Southeast Asia, that's all well water and different type of water quality. And it's hard to get those to breed. Some people have a hard time getting them to breed. Where if you got discus hands ones, they're already prepared to be bred in uh, regular tap water. I mean, you have to dechlorinate it and stuff, but, you know, they're prepared for the pH levels and all that stuff. That's awesome. I learned a lot about uh, discus now. You're, you're a great discus talker. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How long have you been keeping discus? I've been doing... not keeping discus for 30 years, but I've been in the fish hobby for 30 years, 28 years. 
And I've been dealing with people that have been keeping discus, that have been keeping them for over 30 years. So. Oh, nice. I'm thinking about getting your discus now, too, sometime in the future. You won't go wrong. I know a lot of people have been telling me that. I'm looking forward to it. So. Well, it was nice calling in, and uh, I enjoy your show, and uh, thank you for answering the line. You're welcome, sir. Would you go go ahead and plug your network? I know you've got a brand new network. Yeah, it's Dakota Network, and I do. Uh, I'll do my fish shows, my Dakota Aquatics show. I'll do my reptile show, and I was thinking of doing some like paranormal shows or some uh, news shows too. So it should be a fun. I just started this up, so it's going to be great. Awesome. Looking forward to it. I'm going to go follow your show and start listening to your show. So uh, thank you very much for calling, and I enjoyed your call tonight. It was wonderful. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Awesome. That was my good friend uh, Andy from Dakota Aquatics, and he's also got this wonderful network called Dakota Network out there, so I definitely recommend you guys go ahead and uh, check him out. So he provided a lot of great information on Discus for all of my uh, listeners out there. So I'll finish my information on Discus and move on to the next species. Now, Discus are a genus of cichlids native to the Amazon River Basin. Due to their distinctive shape and bright colors, discus are popular as freshwater aquarium fish, and their aquaculture in several countries in Asia is a major industry. They're sometimes referred to as pompadour fish. Now, discus species inhabit the margins of floodplain lakes and rivers in the Amazon basin of lowland Amazonia, where it is part of the highly diverse neotropical fish fauna. All right, and uh, Andy went over the ways to care for um, discus. So moving on down to our next species of cichlids that come from the Amazon, earth eaters, geophagus, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Geophagus is a genus of cichlids that mainly live in South America, as far south as Uruguay, but a single species is from Panama. Some geophagan cichlids previously included in this genus have been relocated to Geminogeophagus or Santapacara. There are 27 currently recognized species of geophagus. Geminogeophagus. Geminogeophagus is a genus of cichlid fish from South America where they are known from various river basins in southern Brazil, Paraguay, Uruguay, and northern Argentina. They are part of a group popularly known as earth eaters. Santa Picara. Santa Picara is a small genus of cichlids from South America, where they are known from the Orinoco, Escobay, Nicari, Amazon, Piranha, and Paraguay river basins. They are part of a group known as earth eaters. And there are currently eight recognized species in the genus Cinepacara, the most common being the Cinepacara leucusta and Cinepacara jurapara. Now, keeping geophagus in an aquarium is very easy, uh, but keep in mind these are earth eaters, so they're going to need sand or fine gravel, but I personally would recommend going with um, sand 
because they will sift through sand. They are sand sifters, and they do better with sand. So obviously you you will want to go with sand. They eat food from the bottom, so naturally any food you throw in there, you want it to sink so that the geophagus gets it there. But geophagus are very easy to keep, and I will do a show specifically on geophagus. Okay, the next species we're going to talk about is the acaras, churacaras, and other related cichlids. The acara family is found only in tropical South America. This family includes two groups, churacaras and acara-related species. Included in this family are cichlids that are, and formerly were part of the genus Aquidens. And yes, believe it or not, the green terror is from South America. Now, true acaras are larger than other acaras, ranging from 7 to 12 inches in length. Other acaras are no larger than 6 inches and no smaller than 2.5 inches. Smaller acara-related species can be kept in a 24-foot, or excuse me, a 24-inch or 20-gallon tank, while the larger types, 4 to 6 inches or more, can be kept in a 32-inch or 30-gallon tank. These acara-related species outside the spawning season will not uproot or consume plants. The larger true acaras, like the port acaras, the blue acaras, and the green terror, need a tank measuring at least 40 inches with a capacity of 45 gallons, but I personally would recommend more. These acaras have a tendency to uproot plants, so only large type and robust types should be used. All acaras prefer large open swimming areas. Retreats created by using wood, roots, and rocks are necessary. Now, most acaras can be kept in water with parameters of pH from 6.0, 7.5, a water hardness from 2 to 18 dH, and a water temperature of 72 to 79 degrees Fahrenheit. True acaras are somewhat belligerent and territorial. These often consume small fish. Other large and related acaras are smaller and far less aggressive and make fine companions for a larger community aquarium. Now, your common acaras are the blue acara, the green terror, and yes, the green terror is an acara, and the green terror comes from South America, and the port acara. And it's actually, unless you're blue acara right now, it looks pretty cool. Now, I'm not sure if electric blue acara can live with a discus or in a discus aquarium, but my fish store has got a couple of them in a discus aquarium right now with some nice black sand and a nice blue light. And I've got to say, it looks pretty cool. I don't know if I'd risk that, but it looks nice. All right, so that's the acara family of South American cichlids. Now, the acara family is very, very, very popular. Um, it is very, very cool. Now, the acara family is perhaps one of the biggest species of South American cichlids, so we'll do a show just on acaras for you. Okay? All right. Now, another cichlid that comes from the Amazon is the dwarf cichlid family. Dwarf cichlids of the Amazon. Aspidogramma and other dwarf cichlids evoke great passion among many fish keepers. Aspidogrammas are the most popular dwarf cichlids, but almost all are great aquarium fish that come in a rainbow of colors, exhibit fascinating behavior, and can usually be kept in a community aquarium. Oh, here we go. Some more scientific names for me to pronounce. South American dwarf cichlids include Aspidogramma, Aspidogrammaids, Biotosius, Cranicara, Dicarus, 
Olitakara, Nanarakara, Michael Geofagus, and Tanakara. Yay, I did it. <laughs> I pronounced these words okay. There are more species of Aspidogramma than the others combined, but the blue ram cichlid, Microgeophagus ramrosi, is not only the most popular and widely kept door cichlid, but an all-time favorite among the tropical fish. This fish was once known as Apistogramma uh, ramrosi, but it is not an Apistogramma species. I've never kept Aspidogrammas, but I've kept ram cichlids before, and they were pretty easy. All I did was um, simply just have clean water and care for them like I cared my, care for my angelfish. And I'll do a show with a guest that specializes in rams and Aspidos sometime here on the aquatic wetline. All right, I'm reaching my last two species of fish that I'm going to talk about because I'm running out of time now. Um, Crenticicla pike cichlids are a popular South American cichlid. Crenticicla, the pike cichlid, is a genus of cichlids native to South America where they are found in moles of tropical and subtropical areas between the Andes and the Atlantic. The smallest species of Crenticicla, notably members of the Crenticicla Wallacea species group, are no larger than 6 to 14 inches or excuse me, 6 to 14 centimeters, which would be 2.4 to 5.5 inches, and are technically qualified as door cichlids for the aquarium hobby. Those their aggressive and ferocious habits should let prospective keepers beware. The biggest pike cichlids can grow to be about 20 inches long. Most crinted cichla measure in the range of 6 to 12 inches. Like many other predatory fishes, a pike cichlid has a wide mouth and elongated body. The genius Crenticicla is native to South America and lives in freshwater rivers, streams, pools, and lakes. The majority of the species are found in the Amazon Basin, but some species are found further north in the Guyanas, Venezuela, Colombia, and as far south as central Argentina and in all river systems of Uruguay. A majority of the species lives in warm waters, but several exceptions occur, notably those species living in subtropical parts of Argentina and Uruguay. Pike cichlids are predatory and feed on fish, insects, and other small animals. They usually place themselves where they can stay undetected by prey, like close to a sucking tree stem or behind a rock. And finally, we'll talk about pike uh, peacock bass. Cichla. Cichla is a genus of cichlids native to freshwater habits in tropical South America. There are currently 15 recognized species in this genus. All of them are predatory. All of them get pretty big, and they love to eat market shrimp and stuff. And uh, I did shows on peacock bass and pike cichlids last year, but I'll do another one just so I can give out some more information. All right. That's pretty much a majority of the cichlids that live in the Amazon. So that's pretty much going to end this great show. All right. So I hope you guys enjoyed this show. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this fantastic uh, Life in the Amazon series. This is our seventh episode of Life in the Amazon, and it definitely was one that I definitely enjoyed. This could be my personal favorite one, but um, we'll have to see what our other Life in the Amazon series brings. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap this show up with some wonderful announcements. Now, what is our next show of Life in the Amazon going to be about? 
Monsters and Oddballs of the Amazon. This is going to be another fun one. Since Sewer Monsters is back on Animal Planet, I think we should do a show on the monsters and oddball fish that live in the Amazon. So that's going to be great. That's going to be in two weeks here on the Aquatic Wetline. I'm going to be doing the Life in the Amazon series every two weeks. So in two weeks, I'm going to do a show on the monsters and oddball fish that live in the Amazon. All right. So before I go, I would like to plug a couple of uh, great YouTube channels that I want my listeners to check out. The first YouTube channel is someone that I just met the other day, and his name is J.C. Fishman. Okay, J.C. Fishman has a wonderful YouTube channel. He's actually doing a live stream video right now, and... um. I like his channel, so please go ahead and check out J.C. Fishman on YouTube. He's going to be a guest here on the Aquatic Wetline on Monday, March 20th at 5 p.m. Eastern. Next, I want you to check out Slash Method 1989 on YouTube, Psychedelic Babe. I also want you to check out uh, Mass Aquariums on YouTube, The Angry Fishman on YouTube. And finally... I want you to check out um, my channel on YouTube called The Aquatic Wetline because tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, I'm going to do a live video, a live stream video that's going to be on Google+, and it's going to be on YouTube. I'm going to be doing a Fish Keepers Q&A on my YouTube channel called The Aquatic Wetline, and you, the Fish Keepers, are welcome to ask me questions on that. So go and check out my YouTube channel tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern, Aquatic Wetline. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Aquatic Wetline. I personally want to thank you for tuning into the Aquatic Wetline tonight on the ACE Network. Now, unfortunately, this is going to be the only Aquatic Wetline podcast of the week, but next week I've got a couple of great Aquatic Wetline shows for you because Monday I've got uh, my first Fish Keepers United series on the Ace Network. I'll be welcoming um, the owner of the Facebook group, Freshwater Fish Reeks, to the show. That's this Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern. Then Tuesday, I'm going to be doing my first episode of Oscar Cichlid Keepers Hour on the Ace Network with uh, my guest, Scott Graham. And then Sunday of next week, I'm going to have my best friend, the owner of Blue View Aquatics, back on the Aquatic Wetline on the Ace Network. So, Three awesome Aquatic Wetline shows coming your way next week here on the Aquatic Wetline. All right, fish keepers, thank you for listening to this episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And this episode was being brought to you by Akari Sales USA. Make sure you stop by and purchase their wonderful fish food for your aquarium fish. Okay. With that being said, I want to wish you guys a great rest of your night, and thank you for spending two hours with your host, Aqua Alex Cardinelli. If you enjoyed the show, please share it on your wall, and on your wall on Facebook, on your wall on Twitter, and on your wall on Google+. Share the show around on your social media accounts. I would appreciate it. Aqua Alex and the Aquatic Wetline signing off. Tank on, everyone. You the fish keepers rock. Fish on, everyone. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Aquatic Wetline here on ACE Network. 
Oscar Alex and his tank mates at the Aquatic Wetline hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget the Aquatic Wetline airs Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Standard Time, and every other Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, exclusively here on the Ace Network. Fish Keepers, if you enjoyed the show, please copy and paste the URL to your Facebook, Twitter, and Google+. Tank on, Fish Keepers, and Oscar Alex and the Aquatic Wetline swim away. The Aquatic Wetline is off the air. Good night, everybody. Today's podcast belongs to the Ace Network, Alice Cardinelli Entertainment Network. It may not be reused, redistributed without permission from Alice Cardinelli himself. This podcast was recorded live from the Springfield, Massachusetts studio and Ace Network.